Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Hey, we're on our new series called Firestarter. And uh, we started week one last week, and I don't know if you were here, but if you missed week one of Firestarter, you need to go back and watch it. Get on our website, and uh, you can check that out, Firestarter. We talked about all kinds of great things, but we're going to jump into week two today. So if you got your Bibles, pull those out, get your sermon notes there in your worship guide. You can take a look at those as well, or you can go on your YouVersion Bible app. The sermon notes are available for you techies that want to utilize that. Hey, let's open up our Bibles today to Matthew chapter three. woo Yes, we're just excited about God. Anybody excited about God today? You glad to be in church? Yes, it's good to be in church. Man, we had our first dream team huddle today at 8 o'clock sharp this morning. All of our dream team coming together for 10 minutes just to celebrate one another. How many knows it takes a lot of moving parts to put church on every Sunday? So we want all of our dream teamers to come together. You know, there's a bunch of people that serve. You're probably one of them. If you're not one of them, come on, be a part of the dream team because we realize, again, it's about serving others, not about serving ourselves. I'm just thankful that we got a church full of contributors and not just consumers. Are the contributors in this service or are they in the other service? Come on. We're not sponges. We're not just soaking it up for ourselves. We're wringing it out for other people as well. So we met at 8 o'clock, 10 minutes, just to kick the service off and get things lit up in here. It was awesome. Great time. Hey, Matthew chapter 3, we're going to be talking about uh, this series is our evangelism series. Talked about the word evangelize just means to announce good news, a messenger of good, well-being. Why? Because as soon as I say the word evangelist, most people are like, okay, that's not me. You must be talking about somebody else. I'm not an evangelist. I don't have a suit and a tie, and I never preach messages. But we all have the ability to tell good news. And so every single one of us have the opportunity to share good things that God has done. Has God done anything good for anybody in the room? Listen to all these evangelists. Because all God's wanting you to do is go tell those good things to other people. Well, I really don't know anything big. I don't know much about Do you know anything good that God's done for you? Then tell somebody about it. That makes you an evangelist. But it's not just telling people about things. It's actually showing the goodness of God in our lives and how we live. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in just a moment. I also gave you three components of the fire triangle last week. We're talking about starting fires, not literally starting fires. We're not arsonists, you know, so don't get nervous. I've had some call from some fire marshals and fire attendants said your, your message is scaring us, so we're trying to be careful. No, I did have a couple of fire uh, fighting buddies that give me some hard time about it. But we had three parts of the fire triangle. We got the fire source, the heat source, then we've got oxygen, and we got fuel. Last week, I talked to you a lot about the uh, heat source and about what that's like. Then that's usually the sun or lightning, some type of igniter. There has to be something to start the fire. There has to be a source to it. Then the oxygen is just the air movement that, uh, you know, oxygen helps support flames. If you have air, if you have a gust of air, you can really uh, intensify the heat in a fire. So we need some oxygen. And the third part is fuel, grass, trees, leaves, anything that burn, cardboard boxes, Christmas paper, you know, whatever. You can burn all kinds of stuff. I, I have burnt a lot of things in my life, and I just enjoy it so much. You're like, you're freaking me out with your fire love. I'm just saying, I, I've had several guys say, yeah, I just like to sit there and look at a fire. Anybody like to have a campfire and just sit there and stare at it? 
There's just something about it. Some, some are great about that. And then I like piling more stuff on. See how big and get the flames. And see, if, will that burn? I don't know. Throw it on there. We'll find out. I mean, there's some great things about fire. But today I'm not going to talk as much about the heat source. I'm going to talk about the fuel. The fuel. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 3. Hope you're ready. I'm fired up about this. This is God's fire triangle. We got the natural one. Let's look at God's. I found this fire triangle in Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. I indeed, this is John the Baptist speaking. Matthew wrote this letter. He was one of those who walked with Jesus every day, so he had a personal relationship with Jesus. He also was one of of the over 500 people that Jesus uh, uh, revealed himself to after he rose from the dead. So this is eyewitness account, Matthew. And so he's writing this, and he's giving uh, John the Baptist's quote here in verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, talking about Jesus now, John the Baptist is describing Jesus. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now let's look at verse 11 where he says, He, talking about Jesus, will baptize you or baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. What does the word baptize mean? The word baptize means literally to immerse, to submerge, to dunk completely, to go under, to overwhelm. All of these words describe baptize. So we're talking about baptizing something. He's talking about completely immersing it in. And notice what it says, I'll baptize you with. That word with means actually in a fixed position, a place or a state. So here's what he's wanting to do. He says, I want to baptize you in. I want to baptize you completely in. So here's the difference. Here's the imagery. To me, it's the difference in pouring water on something and submerging something completely into water. I mean, it's different. You can pour water on something and get it wet, but if you submerge it into water, it's going to be completely soaked. And this is what God's saying. I want to immerse you into the Holy Spirit and fire. God wants to immerse us into a relationship with Jesus. Not where it's just part of me. God doesn't just want to have a relationship with me on Sundays at church. God's not a church God. He's a whole life God. He wants to completely immerse all of you. He doesn't want your Sunday part to get wet and have your Monday through Saturday part dry. He wants to immerse you completely in the Holy Spirit and fire. He wants to be in your school life, in your work life, in your family life, in your play life. He wants to be with you everywhere. He loves you. He just wants to hang out with you. It's not that God says, hey, make sure and show up at church. I'll be there waiting on you. He wants to wait for you in the shower. As soon as you open your eyes, he's like, donk. He wants to immerse you. He wants all of you every day of the week. You're God's favorite. If you had a refrigerator, your picture's on it. He loves you. So he wants to immerse us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Here's the fire triangle, three things. He wants to baptize me or immerse me in the Holy Spirit. That's the oxygen. That's the wind. That's the pneuma, the current of air, the breath. We'll talk about that more next week. 
Last week, we talked about him immersing us in the fire. That's the heat source. We talked about the light of God and the direction of God and also the heat that will uh, gets rid of all the junk in our life. If you missed last week, man, go back and watch it last week. Get on our website, and you can catch up with us. But here's the part I want to talk about today. Today, I want to talk about the fuel. And look what he says. I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Three components to the fire triangle. Fire, Holy Spirit, and you. The fire, the heat source, comes from God. The Holy Spirit, the oxygen, comes from God. Notice that two out of the three parts to the fire triangle come from God. Notice that the third part, I will baptize you. You and I, we are the fuel. Two of the three come from God. One of them comes from us. Why is that important? Because God wants to participate with you and I. He wants you to be a part of the process. We are the fuel. We're not the source. We're the ones who carry that. We're the ones that allow God to burn inside of us. God wants to work in our life, and he needs our participation. Look at what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. That word's fellow workers there, ones who works together with someone, uh, works together with someone else who participates in the same activity. We are not the fire, but we are immersed in and surrounded by the fire. You ever had somebody say this? This has happened in church. And I've kind of had to grow into this when I first started speaking in church. You know, people pay you compliments. You, you didn't know what to say. You know, it's a little awkward. And, and you're like wanting to give God the right amount of glory. You're not wanting to take any glory for yourself. And it w- turns into this really awkward, weird conversation. It's really strange. You know, people come up to you and say, hey, great job. You know, if someone sang, sang a special, and they sing in church, they don't want to come, come across prideful. So we get these weird answers. They, they sing, this, you know, during worship or whatever. And you know, after they man, great job this morning. You say, oh, it was all God. And that sounds nice and religious. But, like, you could say, it was all God. You say, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if, it, if it was all God, it would have been a little bit better. You know, <laughs> here's you and there's God. I mean, so we give these weird answers, like, you know, you come and you give a message, say, hey, thank you. Oh, it wasn't me. It was all God. No, it wasn't all you. You had to participate. It wasn't all God. So, I'm trying to, so it's not like we're the source. God is absolutely the source, but he wants to work you, through you and I. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are the body of Christ. So we're the fuel. We're the ones, we're his fellow workers. He wants to work with us. So he's, he's the igniter. But we got to do something with the fire. So God gives us fire. Fire comes from God. But how do we take care of it? That's what I want to talk about today. Last week I gave you two parts to being a good fire starter. One, you got to be able to start a fire. Number two, you got to be able to keep it going. So let's look at what that looks like. Leviticus chapter 6. Turn over to Leviticus chapter 6. That's in the Old Testament. It's one of the first books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, number 3. This is the book that when you're doing your yearly Bible reading that you kind of skip over some of Leviticus. You know, there's something, this is the one, I'll be straight out honest with you. This one bogs me down a little bit. I start reading Leviticus and I'm like, dear God, I'm so thankful that Jesus came. That I don't, I'm glad, I don't, I'm glad I don't have to have two pigeons and and I don't have to cut them up and slice them open and lay them just right. And, and I don't have to have a different animal for different sins. And I don't, Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for grace. Anybody glad Jesus died on the cross for them this morning? Woo! Praise God. But there are some good things in Leviticus that, I mean, it's all good, but you know what I'm saying. 
Here's, look at what I found in verse 6. This is about the fire. In verse 8, chapter 6, verse 8, sorry, Leviticus 6, verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command Aaron and his sons saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. Now the burnt offering, there's a lot we can talk about the burnt offering, but the burnt offering, all I'll give you for now is that it is the last sacrifice of the day. So they have sacrifices all day long. They got all of these rituals they got to go through for sin and all this stuff. They got to offer it the right way, the right time. The priests got to do it. It's all a picture of Jesus. It's all, all, Jesus is all through Leviticus. It's pointing to Jesus. But all these sacrifices had to be done. And the burnt offering was the last one of the day. So just get the timetable on. So this is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth, upon the altar, all night until morning. Everybody say all night. So notice what happened. The burnt offering, the fire of the burnt offering has to be on the altar all night until morning. And the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Should be kept burning on it. Jump down to verse 12. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Look at the first part of there, verse 12. He said, the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. Everybody say, put out. You know, the put out, this means, this gives a picture, talking again about maintaining our fire for God that we don't allow anything on the outside to come in and put out our fire. Here's a picture to us, our responsibility. So the job of the priest, that's what God's telling us, the job of the priest is that overnight, your number one priority, remember last week I told you we had a wood-burning stove and my dad had one rule for us when he left, don't let the fire go out. What was the last thing he told to the priest before they went to sleep? Don't let the fire go out. So their one job is to keep the fire going. So he tells them here, don't let it be put out. So here's one facet. There's two facets to the scripture that just spoke to me. One, in not letting your fire go out, is you don't let it be put out by something else. There's all kinds of things that can put out fires. You can snuff it out by not letting it have any oxygen. You can try and burn things or try and put things on it. You can throw a wet blanket on it. You can throw sand on it. You can throw dirt on it. You can throw baking soda on a grease fire or salt on a grease fire. All kinds of things. But he's saying, don't let something on the outside put out what I've put on the inside. It is our responsibility to keep the fire going in our life. And we have to protect it from outside extinguishers. Now normally... Normally, when I'm talking to people, you know, some of the leadership things we'll talk about, when you're in a conflict with a person, we always say it this way, when you're in a conversation, we'll just use with your spouse, some people relate to that, or maybe you could be friends, whoever you want to be, but when you're in a conflict situation, you carry with you a bucket of gas and a bucket of water, and your words that come out your mouth will either be fuel to the fire or water to put it out. You know that thing you're wanting to say back to them? Come on, come on, don't get holy with me. You know, you've been thinking about it, you've been thinking about it, you've been, pre you've been saving it maybe, all these. Your words, so a conflict arises in a situation, in that moment, every word that comes out of my mouth, it's either water or gas. So normally, flammable material in conflict is not good. 
But today I'm switching around. And I'm giving you permission to be flammable. Because God said, when you're protecting your fire, Chad, you need to know what things in your life are flammable to your fire and what things are extinguishable to your fire. What things in your life, what thoughts and habits are extinguishers to the flame I put on the inside of you? What relationships in your life are extinguishers and what are flammable? I, I found this picture about flammable and on the internet and I put it up here so you could see it. I want you to think about this in your life. When you're protecting the fire, your relationship with God, you need to know, are those relationships, are those flammable or are they extinguishers? Are those thoughts that you're getting ready to think about yourself, are they going to fan the flame of your relationship with God or is it going to put it out? He said, don't let your fire be put out. In other words, don't let uh, extinguishing words from other people come into your head and steal and rob the flame that's on the inside of you. The flame on the inside of us has to be hotter and brighter than the extinguishing that someone's trying to put on us. Come on, somebody. See, we've got to have it. We've got to know what things are going to help us. My, my daughter and I were having a conversation yesterday, and we were talking about a number of different things, and, and we're, we're talking about life and talking about goals and talking about what we need to do and what we need to accomplish. We were talking about health. We were talking about fitness. We were talking about eating. We were talking about exercise. We were, we were talking about career. We were talking about all kinds of things. And it boiled down to one thing that we talked about. In life, we need to have a goal. What do we want to achieve? What do we want to accomplish? What do we want to be? Who do we want to become? And then everything else in life falls into one of two categories. Is it going to help me accomplish my goal? Or is it going to take me away from my goal? If our goal is to be on fire for God, then i got to watch for things that are going to help me grow closer to God and watch for things that's going to try and put out the fire in my life. I've got to watch for that. I've got to be aware of these things. And i got to realize, wait a minute. So she was asking me about certain things that I don't do and, and why do I don't do that? And I said, well, I don't do that because it doesn't help me accomplish my goal. I said, well, what's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't help me accomplish my goal. So I pick certain things and I say, you know what, I'm not going to do that because I want to accomplish this. And this is what God was saying to us. We can't let the fire be put out. you got to protect your fire. you got to protect your th fire from thoughts, from, from feelings and emotions and try and put it out. So God said, don't let your fire get put out. Don't let somebody else put out your fire. You control your fire. What's flammable? Get some flammable people around you. Get some flammable thoughts around you. Sometimes we're hanging around with extinguishers. You ever had this conversation with someone? I don't think they mean anything by it. You know, may necessarily, but you go up to someone and say, you're, you're, you're really out there on a limb. You're really stretching, believing God for something, praying for something. You know, and you go up and you tell somebody, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just believing God. I'm just praying that God's going to come through. Well, it probably won't. I'll tell you what, it didn't happen for me. Let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you what happened to Sarah over here. I tell you, Sarah said the exact same thing, and look what happened. That's an extinguisher. You got to be able to keep the fire, keep the flammable. His word is like a fire shut up in my bones. I've got to let his word get. His word is flammable to the fire of God. So don't let the fire be put out. Don't let the fire be put out. Now look at the next verse, verse 13. And it says, and, a, and fire, a fire shall always, everybody say always. always. Always means constantly. That means continually. Always be burning on the altar. Guess what the altar is? You and me. We're the altar. The fire should, 
So we present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God. We are the altar. We're offering ourselves. And he says, a fire should always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Notice the distinction. One, don't let it be put out. That's outside. That's something coming, happening to me. Letting it go out, letting it go out is when I just don't pay attention, when I don't keep feeding it, when I don't give it the necessary attention to keep it going. I let a fire go out because I walk away from it and I don't put on it something that's going to keep it going. Putting out is when something else comes on it and snuffs it out, but I can let it go out because I don't keep feeding it. Here's what we know about fire. Fire does not stay stagnant. Fire is either increasing in intensity or decreasing in intensity. But we live our life sometimes. We think it's just going to stay stagnant. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to seek God. I'm not going to talk to God. And I think my fire is just going to stay stagnant the whole time. Our fire is going out. We got to keep throwing logs on the fire. We got to keep staying. It takes consistency. I wrote this down. This is so good. This is about endurance. A good fire requires attention and constancy. Philippians 1.28 says this, And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries for such constancy and fearlessness. Constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign to who? Your opponents and adversaries, the enemy, and a proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Sometimes the victory in life comes from constancy of life. Let me say this again. Hey, what's the magic sauce to being a, successful as a Christian? Constancy. That's exciting, isn't it? Some of the some people ask me sometimes, so Chad, what does it take to, what's it take to keep serving after God? You know, I, I just want, I want what God's got in you. I, I want to do that. You want, you know, what do I need to do? You, do you want to know? I'll tell you what I know. I, I, I changed my schedule in January of this year. I changed the schedule I had for 20-some years of my life. I changed it around. Because during our prayer and fasting time, I said, God, I want something I've never had before, so I'm going to do something I've never done before. Everything changed in my schedule. And so now I have a standing appointment in a certain place at a certain time every day where I meet God. I said, I will meet you at that time unless something major happens, you know, drastic. I'm out of town and I can't be in that same spot. But on my regular schedule, I'm going to meet you in this place. Constancy. Some of the greatest victory in your relationship with God is going to come from you keep showing up with God. You keep putting logs on the fire. You keep reading your Bible when you think you're not getting anything out of it. When I do my daily Bible reading, I read through whatever is there and I'm reading through and I'm looking for nuggets. I'm looking for what God's speaking to me. And sometimes I'll read verses. I'm like, ah, I'm getting nothing. I got nothing out of that. I'm like, was I paying attention? Squirrel. Man, I was thinking about something else. And I'll realize that I read through five verses and I couldn't tell you anything what I just read because my mind had zoomed off somewhere else. Does anybody relate to me? It happens. I'll be praying and I'll think I'm just sitting before God. I'll say, God, I just want to hear your voice. And all of a sudden my mind scrambles over into some other thing. And I'm like, no, come in, focus on God. It's running over here. i got to reel it back in. But I keep showing up. 
I keep showing up. I keep praying. And this is what he's saying. You don't let it go, let the fire go out. You keep putting the logs. Realize also that they did this during the nighttime. While everybody else is sleeping, you keep your fire going. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we got to do it when it's not convenient. When everybody else is tired. Do you ever think the priests were tired at night, the night shift? I never worked the night shift. My brother worked the night shift for a long time. And, and you know, so you got to work all night and you sleep during the day. Do you, ever, do you ever think the priests ever got tired and wanted to sleep in overnight and not feed the flame? Do we ever get tired in our relationship with God? He's saying, hey, you got to keep feeding it. You got to keep doing it. You got to be diligent about it. So don't let your fire go out, even when you're disappointed, even when you're distracted. Doing the right thing over the long haul and during the tough times, this is when we got to keep our fire going. If we're going to be fire starters in our life, our relationship with God, it's not about emotion. Here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm learning this. I'm learning it. And this is one that's been tough for me in my walk with God to learn. But I'm trying to drill it into my head because God's been speaking to me about this. Too many times we look at other people and we assume they're fired up because they're not going through what we're going through. We're assuming that we can't be like them. So you may see me or hear me and say, well, well, yeah, yeah, I wish, wish I could be that fired up. But I mean, you've got to understand this. I don't feel it all the time. And here's the thing that God spoke to me. He said, Chap. Stop waiting for an emotional confirmation of a spiritual revelation. It's like, I won't be feeling it. You know, like he's going to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire, and we think that's supposed to look like something, supposed to act like something. Fired up! And we mistake, we mistake, come on, I'm going to help somebody. Maybe it's someone's watching online. But we're going to help somebody here that sometimes we mistake the fire for emotion. That I'm not full of the fire of God if I'm not fired up. They have nothing to do with each other. My fire does not come from my emotions. My emotions react to the fire of God, but my emotions are not the instigator of the fire of God. My emotions are not the igniter of the fire of God, but they may respond to the fire of God, but i got to keep in perspective who's leading. My emotions are not leading the parade, but they might be in the parade. They might be in the parade going, yay, yay. <laughs> they might be in the parade. But they're not leading the parade. The one that's leading it is the source, the fire of God in our heart. And so he said, don't let it go out. So now, why do we need to keep our fire going? Let me, let me show you an example. Go over to Exodus chapter 3. I, I had never seen this before in this story. Maybe you have, and, and that's awesome. I'm sometimes a little late to the party. But in Exodus chapter 3, this is a story of Moses and the burning bush. Anybody ever remember the story of Moses and the burning bush? Maybe you never heard it. But this is where Moses encounters God. I just want to show you something about why. This is why our fire, how our fire impacts others. Why do you and I need to worry about our fire? Because here's the thing. This is our evangelism series. You've got to hear me out. Our fire is not about us. I'm not doing it just so I'll feel. <laughs> i got to stop worrying about having the fire of God so I'll feel better. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. He said, Chad, if you'll stop worrying about how you feel and just let the fire of God be in your life, then you will be a carrier of the fire instead of worrying, do I feel it? Do I have permission? Do my, do my emotions, do my feelings give me permission to be fired up? No, I've kind of had a bad day. 
I've kind of had a bad thing. I'm going through a tough time, so I can't be fired up. The fire is not about how I feel. The fire is about what God's put in my heart. God's not wanting you to feel fired up. He's wanting you to believe fired up. Just believe it. Well, I... uh, uh, Right? We feel duh, blah, sad. Real issues, real emotions, we deal with them. The fire of God is not dictated by my sad days and my happy days. The fire of God is to help me through them both. Too many times we think the fire is only for the, yeah! And then when we're sad and discouraged and depressed, the fire is not there. I'm telling you, the fire is there for your saddest day. Exodus chapter 3. Look at the story. That's why we had, need to have the fire. And now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He's working for his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, came to Horeb or Mount Sinai, also have the same name. The mountain of God, this is the same place. So this is where Moses first meets God. It's also the place where Moses is going to receive the Ten Commandments. So isn't it cool how he meets God in the same place that he's going to turn around and encounter God after he brings the children out of Israel out of Egypt? So a little little circular motion there. God who who began a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. So he meets him on the mountain. Look at verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush... So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Three parts to this passage. I want you to see yourself in this passage. Three parts. Number one, we have the flame of fire. Flame of fire represents God. Number two, we've got Moses. Moses represents people. Number three, we've got a bush. We've got fire, Moses, and a bush. Which one are you? When I read this, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to picture myself and thought of myself as Moses, that God's speaking to me from the bush. And I read this, and God said, I want you to see yourself. You're the bush. I'm like, but I don't want to be the bush. I want to be Moses. I want to be Moses, God. He said, no, you're the bush. The bush has no roles, has no speaking parts in this production, God. He said, I know, you're the bush. So I'm the bush. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the bush. <laughs> you're the bush. So now look what, look what happens in verse 2. And the, <laughs> and the angel of the Lord, some of you really love talking to your neighbor, and I love that about you. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is why we got to study the Bible. It says angel of the Lord, and if we just read that, we think this is an angel. But when we break it down, the original Hebrew text, it's actually the words Malak Yahweh, which means messenger God or God the messenger. Yahweh is the name for God himself. So this, when it says angel of the Lord in this context, it's not talking about an angel speaking for God. This is what's called a theophany. And a theophany is when God in the Old Testament actually appeared to man. So in this burning bush was not a messenger from God. This was God himself showing up to talk to Moses. Now, so this is God in the fire. Look at this. So the angel of the Lord, this is God, appeared to him, appeared to Moses in a flame of fire, in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Remember, we're the bush. 
So the flame of fire is in the midst of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was not burning with fire, but the bush, or the bush was burning with fire, but was not consumed. Let me lay the groundwork for just a moment. I want you to see something here. Notice the flame of fire was in the midst of the bush, but the bush wasn't burning up. What does that mean? The bush represents our life immersed in the fire of God. The fire of God surrounding the bush. It's all in the bush. All the bush is consumed by the fire, but the bush isn't burning. Why is that significant? Because the bush isn't keeping the fire going. The bush isn't the source. The fire is from God. If the bush was the source, then the bush would be dwindling while the fire was going. But the bush stayed in fullness because the source was not the bush. The source was from God. Why is that significant to me? Because in my life, I am not the source. God's fire in my life is the source. This is why I don't ever need to get used up or get worn out. If I will allow God to work in my life, I will not get burnt out. You know why we get burnt out serving God? When we become the source. When we start doing it of ourselves instead of allowing the fire of God to work in our life. When we start making it happen on our own and we start using ourselves. If we would just be the bush and let the fire of God burn inside of us, the bush wasn't the source. So I go look at the next part. I love this part. The bush was not being sustained, or the fire was not being sustained by the bush. The fire was being contained in the bush. So look at Moses' response. Verse 3. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. All right, stay with me. I will turn aside. The word turn aside means to change, literally change direction. To turn aside from going this path, and he turned aside. He changed direction to see this great sight. What was this great sight? The great sight was not the bush. There were tons of bushes around. He didn't change direction to see a bush. There were lots of bushes, but there was only one bush that was on fire. Remember, we're the bush. Remember, Moses represents the people. Moses represents your family members, your friends, your co-workers. People will not turn aside just to see a bush, but they will turn aside to see a bush on fire. Why do we need to maintain the fire of God in our life? Because as I'm standing there just burning... Just living my life, just burning. God's going to cause people to see your fire. And he's going to cause them to turn and change direction. Not because of you. Not because of you as the bush. But because the fire of God on the inside of you. When we have the fire, the fire is what draws people. The fire is what draws attention to them. So we're allowing God to burn in our life because we want God to be able to draw them to him. He turned aside to see it. He turned aside to see this miraculous thing. Not only was the fire or the bush burning, but the bush wasn't even being consumed. So, play this out with me. Did he turn to look at a bush? No. Did he turn to look at a bush on fire? That wouldn't be that big a deal. There could have been a brush fire. Somebody could have been burning off some brush. No big deal. But this bush was burning but not being consumed. What does that mean? It was supernatural. He turned and changed direction. Come on, stay with me. I'm dropping some meat bombs here for you, but you got to understand this. this he, he turned to see something supernatural. 
This is why the God inside of us needs to burn to a place where we lean into the supernatural. Because the supernatural in our life is what's going to draw people to Jesus. I don't want them to be drawn to me. I want them to be drawn to the supernatural power of God. I'm not just a good person. You know, be like me. I'm a good guy. Come be like me. No, don't be like me. Be like the fire in me. It's supernatural what God did to Chad Everett. It's supernatural how he's changed my life. It's miraculous. This is why we need to pray and ask God to use us for supernatural things because it all has to point to Jesus and not to us. The moment we try and draw people to us and look at us, we're just a bush. But when the fire resides on the inside of us, people start turning. People start looking at, whoa, 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 whoa. I see all these other bushes, but you're burning. What is it? What is it about your fire? You're, there's a fire, something. I don't, I don't know what it is. You're burning. What is that? I just, what, what's caused that? What's that change? Why are you different? What is, Joe, what's up with Joe? Man, Joe's just different. Something's different about his life. And man, he's changed. Joe's fired up about something. I don't know what it is. I tell you what it is. It's the fire of God in Joe. All he has to do is stand there and be a bush. Because look what happens. I love this part. You can tell. So, so, verse 4. So when the Lord, oh man. Are you reading with me? Why are you not excited yet? Because you don't know what I'm going to say. That's okay. I'm going to tell you. I've just been preparing for this. So when the Lord saw that he, Moses, turned aside to look, God called. Oh, who called? God called. Remember, the fire's in the midst of the bush. You're the bush. God's the fire in the midst of you. Come on, track with me. I'm, I'm laying this out for you. We're the bush. The fire's God on the inside of us. And God called to Moses from the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Here's what I'm... Here's why we need the fire of God in our life. Here's why God wants you to burn with a fire for, for Him. Because when your fire burns, God has a desire to speak to people. When we make it just about us, we get selfish and we start feeling about ourselves. But God's wanting to call out from your fire when they turned aside, when Moses turned aside to look, then, notice what it says, when God saw that they turned, he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. So I'm the bush. This is going to be my fire calling from the midst. All right? These are my signs, my signals. This is my illustration. Just work with me. So now, here's what he told me. He said, Chad, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take Moses, Moses, and I want you to put in there the names of the people that you're praying for. I want you to put the names of the family members that you're believing for, the coworkers, the friends, the children, whatever it is. I want you to put their names in there. And here's what happens, Chad. When you let your life burn for me, then people will be drawn to the fire, not to you. They'll be drawn to the fire. And as they get close to you, I will call to them from the fire. And I will say, Steve, Steve. Sarah, Sarah, come. I'm calling to you. There's something God's calling out to people. And he's calling from the midst of the fire in you. And if I don't burn, then he can't speak to them. 
I want my fire to burn not so I'll feel better about myself and feel more spiritual. That's, that's used to be how I did. God, let me burn so I just feel better about myself. So I feel more spiritual and feel like I'm in tune with you, God, so I feel like we're okay. He said, Chad, grow up. I'm speaking a little harsh. You don't have to hear that, but that's just how I feel, hear it in my head. Chad, I need you to mature. I need you to grow up. I'll say a little kinder. I, I, come on, Chad. I need you to come up, and I need you. I need you mature because here's what I need you to do. I need you to believe how I feel about you and stop waiting to feel how I feel about you. And I want you to have that fire of what you believe burning inside of you. And then people are going to see the fire burning inside of you. They're going to be drawn to that fire, which is me. And then here's what's going to happen, Chad. I will be able to call out to them. But I can't call out to them from your fire if you let your fire be put out. If you let your fire go out. It's not about you, Chad. It's not about you feeling better. It's about the people around you. Let your fire burn because I want to call out to them. I want to say, Moses, Moses. Sarah, Sue. Ted, Tom, who is it? Who is it that God wants to speak to from your life? My number one priority in my life, as I was preparing for this, thinking about this, that I want my fire to speak to people. I don't want Chad, my, I don't want anything about me, but I want my fire. And I said, there's six people that I want my fire to speak to. There's six people that I want my fire to call out to. Their names, Dawn, Hope, Hallie, Holland, Hensley, and Lucas. If I can reach those six people, then God can use me to reach the world. But if I will be fraudulent at home, if they will not see the fire of God in me, then it doesn't matter what I do to anybody else. Let your fire burn so that your spouse, can, God can call out to your wife, call out to your husband, call out to your kids, call out to your co-workers and say, this is God. This is not Chad, this is God and I want to have a relationship with you. I believe God's wanting to call out from the fire on the inside of you. But don't let it go out. Don't let it be put out. Remember it's not emotion. I know I'm shouting a little bit. I know I'm excited. But I want you to know my fire does not come from hype or my feeling. My fire comes from my secret place. Where I meet God every day. When I feel bored out of my mind. When I feel blah and don't feel anything. Don't have any emotion. Nobody to shout to. Nobody to preach to. But in those moments I say, Jesus. Oh. Oh, man, I could do something to eat. Oh, oh, yeah, Jesus. Jesus, I just give you my life today. Today, I choose to serve you. Today, I'm going to open up my Bible, and I'm going to throw a log on the fire. Here's how, some of the, here's how the enemy gets some of us, some of our fire to go out. You know how you're building a fire, and, and you got the logs on the fire? If you want to burn something completely up, you got to keep restacking it. You know, like if it gets spread out, the fire will start going out and some of the pieces won't burn completely up. But if you want to burn them completely up, you've got to keep restacking them. Here's how the fire can go out in our lives when we start separating ourselves. Don't let yourself get separated from the body of Christ. Don't let yourself get separated from other people. Sometimes when I'm going through a cold, dark time, I need to get myself on the pile, on the fire of other people, and their fire will help me burn through my cold season. It'll help me go through my dark season. Sometimes my fire is helping them, and sometimes their fire is helping me. But collectively, that fire burns brighter than it does individually. So don't get separated. Your fire is going to go out quicker when you're on your own versus being in the pile. 
Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.